Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Welcome to the Mess It Up podcast. I'm the Bowtie Guy. And I'm the Biker Chick. We just <laughs> recorded one and I introduced myself as the Biker Chick. It was so funny. And then Christina said, oh, you should have left it. And it was too late. I, yes, oh, I was so mad he had stopped recording because that would have been fantastic. And it fits well with our word of the week, which is castigate, which is to reprimand someone severely because I need to be castigated for my behavior sometimes. I, uh, I can be a little bit of a goof. And uh, this is one of those times. But I honestly believe that's what makes the show the show. I think people like that we're, we're not we're quite real. perfect. Yeah. 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 That we are who we are. Uh, we are who he says we are. Yes. From our last week. Last week's Song of the song Week. Song of the Week. That is outstanding. Yeah. So, um, Christina went away for a little while, took a trip. That was all for the Word of the Week? We're done? Oh, we're no. We're moving on? No. I, Didn't we just talk about this two shows ago? Do you feel like I'm ago? getting castigated right now? <laughs> I really don't like the word castigate. Can I say that? Well, it's not it the word that you think really, it sounds really, really yeah, close no. to another yeah. word that doesn't sound great. And so castigate would be something yeah. I would uh, definitely have to concentrate on before the I put it in. severe reprimand um, is an important thing. Why did you choose this word? Um, I honestly don't remember. Uh, I, I that makes for a great discussion. into my head. And sometimes I have... For me, the hardest thing about doing the show mm-hmm. is trying to choose a word of the week because there's so many words out there. I don't know See, if you've seen the if your vocabulary was like mine and more limited, it wouldn't be so difficult because it's super is, easy for me. I try to think, okay, is this word a word that's interesting? Is it highfalutin or is it boring? And And I don't know because words, I love them so much. How often do you hear somebody say castigate in a sentence? I say a lot. I say, oh, I'm going to castigate. No, not I, you. I, get I mean, not that you're not because somebody. Because it happens to me. I get castigated frequently. Still? Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's Welcome no way to my no. world, sister. I do hear ruminate a lot. Oh. That is one that I hear a lot. That's a good one. It is. That was, yeah. And that was back. difficult for me to grasp yeah. when we first was did it, our, right? That was not our first one. It wasn't. That was the second one. Wasn't quintessence one of the... Quintessence was, see... <gasps> Christina is getting a vocabulary. I couldn't tell you what that means, though, so take that. Well. <laughs> I know the word. Don't know what it means. Yeah, it's the ultimatist. Yes. Yeah. See, those are my kind of words. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we can move on. Cool. All right, <laughs> after my castigation, it's now time for the rest of the show. That's right. Paul's um, in charge. This please week. try to use these words in uh, sentences. If you go on to our Facebook uh, page and use the word of the week, We'll give you a special mention on a podcast and um, a random number of uh, bonus, bonus points, points. that will be determined by the roll of a 20-sided die in the greatest nerd style possible. I think I just nodded off. What? Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's okay. There's a couple of couple of nerds out there that were like, yay! Um, so anyhow, um, when you went to Arizona a couple weeks ago, you visited your home CR. I and did. it was just such a beautiful experience just listening to you talk about it. I wanted to give the people a chance to hear um, just what was so good about going home to your CR. Yeah. So my home CR is in Gilbert, Arizona. It's at a church called Sun Valley at their Gilbert campus. They are a multi-campus church now with CRs at a few of their, their sites, which is amazing. Um, but going there, and I'm guessing... I. 
I couldn't even count, but it's got to be 200, 250 people at that CR. I think I said 100 at first, and I think 100 is what one section fits. It was, I mean, just jam-packed full. And it was a beautiful testimony night, but it's just, you go in there and it there is celebration. There's celebration during the Celebrate Recovery mm-hmm. session. And the testimony was incredible. I watched, I think there was 10 guys get their 12-step completion chips. Oh, wow. Um, I saw lots of familiar faces. I sent Paul a copy of the brochure that they hand out to show all the different groups that they had. And I think for women, they had 10 or wow. somewhere in that neck of the woods. We don't have 10 and, men right, in our celebrate recovery at home. Groups. They have 10 groups. Yeah. And it was just a feeling of, you know, God is so present and so involved in that mm-hmm. ministry. You can tell that that church, the one thing I love that I say all the time about pastors and Celebrate Recovery is if the pastor has not gone through the 12 steps and does not back it 100%, the ministry cannot be as successful as it should be. When when you have a pastor who is an attender, Somewhere, even if they do like uh, what we call CPR, which is uh, celebration for uh, pastors' recovery, yes, yes. Um, it 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 makes a huge difference mm-hmm. because they they get that they get the feeling, of, and and a lot of times, you know, pastors are busy people. Yeah, I understand that, mm-hmm. and and they want to have these ministries, and you can't participate in everything that happens no, in the church, and I get can't. that. Right. Um, but this is just my plea to pastors and and everybody, uh, if you're going to hold on to one thing in your life, make it be celebrate recovery. Get rid yeah. of everything else. You know, don't go to church on Sunday. Uh, go to your celebrate recovery step study. You're so hysterical. You know? and, and that's, well, yeah. here's the thing we have um, in our step studies here at our home CR, we have more people in step studies than we have on Friday night. And there are people who come just to one of our midweek step studies right. to participate in the step, right. but they don't come on Friday night to our big group. Yeah. And I was talking to my wife about that. And I said, listen, if they're going to pick one, I would rather have them go to their step study and, and listen to them yeah. than come yeah. and listen to me blather on for an hour because yeah. they can do that on you know a couple of podcasts. But they miss the testimonies. They do miss the testimonies and that's the best part of CR. I think so. And the celebrating. It's the tangible, yes. Yeah. It's the tangible part of Celebrate Recovery. You know. So when you left the Celebrate Recovery, was it that big? No, not as big as it is now. So what did no. you think going in? What was that like? To the size? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like people accumulated around me. I got there early so I could meet a friend of mine and, you know, try and... So you brought him in? Try, yeah, they all followed me wow. in. Wow, what Absolutely. have you been doing here? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, growing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was... So they all just kind of packed in around me and I was like... I stopped, you know, and looked around mid-worship and I was like, Whoa. Whoa. Where did all these people come from? Yeah. And then I went, I always call it the druggies and drunks group, but it's the chemical dependency. Right. And it actually doesn't have to be, it doesn't actually have to be chemical dependency. It can be any addiction, um, shopping, whatever. Um, But they have two of them because the group has gotten so large. And I believe there was probably 15 to 20 people in each of those two groups. It was phenomenal but one of the girls that has been in recovery for a long time was the leader of this open share and to see her where she is now compared to where she was a few years ago when I left it's just incredible and 
Um, to back it up a little bit, one of my favorite times is when they gave out the chips. It's a party. Mm-hmm. Like, they turn on party music. They clap. They dance. They've got... Um, disco ball? A disco ball. Oh, mercy. Up on the screen. She had her hand up for an I, I did. I I'm, I'm pointing and ball. describing. <laughs> and he's high-fiving. So, it was just... it. To me, it, it showed the celebrate in recovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing showed recovery. From the guys getting their chips to the testimony to... I mean, it was just it, powerful. Yeah. And it just shows when God is at the center of a recovery group, what it can look like. Yeah. And you talked about the pastor, and he did. He didn't go to the everyday CR. You know, he went to a CR group with other pastors mm-hmm. who understand what it's like to be a pastor, you know, right. share those struggles. Um, well, and unfortunately, it's not safe for a, in a no. lot of situations yeah. for a pastor to come into their own church right. and say, hey, you know, I've been struggling with pornography. Right. And then you have some religious person's like, oh, no, you know, not the pastor. And then it gets out. And then now there have been pastors who have tried it and, and have lost yeah. their uh, position because yep. of those kind of things. I, When I was at CR Summit East uh, back in Nashville a few weeks ago, I went to a CPR mm-hmm. uh, session. I was doing the PowerPoint for him, and um, there was a pastor there who traveled 90 miles to go to a CPR group yeah. um, because they wanted to be out of their town and their city. Right. So there was no blending of, of information. It was, right. you know, they, could, they felt like they could be free. And I know... For me, we live in a small fishbowl here, and yeah. I have um, friends who are out of town that I can just dump my stuff on, and I don't have to beat around the bush, and I don't mm-hmm. have to say, okay, how can I tell this story? I can just say, you know, this person did this to me, and it felt like this, and I can just get that out, and there's such uh, healing in the speaking. So what comes to mind is somebody from the outside, not understanding the concept that there's a difference between somebody in leadership being transparent and vulnerable and somebody coming in off of the street being transparent and Mm -hmm. vulnerable. Why is there a difference there? Um, Why is there philosophically or what is the practical? What is the practical? Why Why would not just a pastor, but maybe a leader in the church need that physical separation of space? So, um, what typically happens when that breaks down is a person um, sees the person up there in the pulpit speaking and they'll be talking about morality or, or sin. And then that person's sitting in the seat thinking, yeah, well, I heard what you said on you know Friday night at our open share group about cheating on your taxes. And now you want me to tithe? I'm not tithing to you. And it, it brings those things in so it... it, it has a tendency to undermine their uh, leadership, their authority, mm-hmm. and the people's willingness to follow them. And it um, can break down the entire church structure because of that, um, the grief that people feel. And so the pastor needs to be able to get those things out. And I'm not saying pastors should be cheating on their taxes. No. I'm not trying to say that. But I'm saying they need a place where they can talk about these things or talk about, hey, I'm struggling with pornography. What comes to mind to summarize what you just said? And I totally put Paul on the spot right there, by the way. He had no idea that question was coming. But I think it's the pedestal that we place these people on. 
we place a pastor on a higher standard. And, and so the when the Bible says that we're to hold them to a higher standard yeah, as well. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And so when they fall from that, it's a higher fall for us personally who are normal everyday church attenders. If a pastor falls in our mind or is mm-hmm. human and makes mistakes or has things that they struggle with, we take that differently and we accept it. It's not that the pastor is living a separate or different life than one of us, mm-hmm. you know, in the seats, but it's our perception and the standard that he's to be yeah, And those to. tangential visitors can take it. My father watched, you know, the in the eighties when all the televangelists were taking their dive mm-hmm. and he he stopped going to church. Right. Like, well that's what they stand for. I don't need that church. Right. And and we don't want that yep. to happen. Yep. So yeah. Wow, I just looked over at the time, and I know that it is now time for the song of the week. Now, I'm super duper excited about this song of the week, because this song of the week is one that uh, Christina and I, honestly, when we talk, we will say stuff like, um, like, I'll get a text from her, and it'll be, one, two, three. Yeah. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. So, you get to hear this song. Um, When I first heard this song, I was like, I'm not really sure, and I had this conversation. I'm not really sure how I feel about this song. Oh, I dig this song now, so hope you like it. This is Joy by For King and Country. friends and I was the passenger mm-hmm. so when I'm the passenger I don't feel privileged to change anything people when they're riding passenger in my car they'll be pulling down visors and changing temperatures and radio and all that stuff like no the driver gets to set everything because I want the driver to be happy so I didn't reach over and crank up my friend Phil's stereo when yeah. Joy came on but I wanted to and I believe I sent you a text yes you uh, did almost every time I hear this song I will send a text one two three unless it's like middle of the night and then right. I try not to uh, but um, when the more I hear the song, the more I feel it. But seeing these guys is just a mind bender. Yes. It's just so exuberant and mm-hmm. bombastic. And this song really, they, they wheel out a marimba and they're playing. There's two guys playing the marimbas at the same time. One of the guys got maracas running up and down and shaking and stuff like that. And uh, it just, it, 
it, it's super duper just fun nice. to me. Yeah. I love, I was just reading the lyrics. So that's what we pull them up, refresh your brain, what the words actually mean. Because this is one of Paul and I's songs. It just, it's one of those that lights me on fire. And it says that. It says, got to get that fire, fire back in my bones um, before my heart, heart turns into stone. And the last line on the screen is, back when I was young, my eyes were full of life, but now. And man, I think sometimes I've definitely lost my joy in life. And I try to remember that joy is very different than happiness. Right? Say more. Joy is supposed to be a sustained um, a st- sustained foundational piece of life. It's not supposed to be a moment of happiness. It's supposed to be solid. It's supposed right. to be remaining. That's the word I was looking for. And, and constant. It's not supposed to be just in and out, in and out. Joy is supposed to be one of those foundational things. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of times where I don't know where my joy has went. I don't even know that I have joy. I know that I have moments of happiness, but the underlying actual, you know, joy in life, I miss a lot. Has it gone somewhere or have you buried it under a pile of crud? I don't know that I ever had it. It's one of those things where I look at my life and I'm just not an optimistic, fun-loving, life-going, everything's great type of person. I can be very serious, very high-strung, and... So I just, I've always wondered if I, I don't have joy. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Look, look at you hit a serious spot in me. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I, I do see joy in you. Right. And uh, the ridiculous in you. Um, and so maybe that's because I know you in a recovery setting. And yeah. I don't. I get to see you celebrating your recovery yeah. every week and, right. and on the show and, and taking the mess, turning it into a message and doing, yeah. you know, living that out. Um, so I, I love that you got the joy. And, and I mean, a couple of weeks ago we were playing joy uh, before CR during our dinner came on and Christine and I were both, you know, we were dancing in our seats. Uh, it was it's great. crazy. I yes. think call from uh, America's Got Talent or the Dancing with the Stars or one of those places we be calling and looking for us soon because man were we good so I had to look up the definition of joy okay because for me there's always a great there's a line between happiness and joy and I'm always trying to figure that out and so the definition of joy is pops up on you know the Googles is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness so when it comes to this it is a moment the way that it is defined in whoever's dictionary. I don't know if this is Webster's or not. But for me, it always seems like it's so much deeper than that. It seems like it should be a sustained thing versus Mm -hmm. just a moment of something. Sustained and sustaining because the joy pushes me on it and gives me that that capacity to, to shake off the negative stuff that might come my way. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. All right. Yeah. So um, going back to your trip uh, to uh, Arizona, you did a lot of things. You had the Orokamiao, which we talked about a couple times ago. Yes. And the, um, the CR thing. But then also, 
uh, you met with uh, family that you or people that you hadn't seen in a while. Uh, One particular. Well, actually, a couple. I kind of reconciled with my aunt while I was there. We had a disagreement, and um, we haven't really spoken since. And how long had that been? About a year, okay. I think. And I had heard something. When something would go wrong in the family, I might get a text or whatever. But to have actual relationship, it was gone. And so God kind of just drew me to their house. The circumstance was I was waiting for somebody else who lives down the street, and they were running late. Um, they had to pick up their kids. My my baby cousin Aiden was recently diagnosed with leukemia. And so I was waiting for his mom and her fiance to get home. And they live right down the street from my aunt, my cousin. And so I was like, okay, well, I could either sit in the car outside of their house, or I could go and see my aunt and my cousin and see how they're doing. And so I made the choice, probably not the easiest choice, but I made the choice to go over there and swallow my pride and say hello. And it was great. We had good conversation and I think we're, we're in a really good place. Good. It's also hard for me with her though. She is the mother of my abuser. Okay. And so there's pictures of him on the wall. There's that. And there's no, there was no conclusion to that. Right. And um, well, I forgive him. And Origami Al just came out with a beautiful new charm that just says, you know, something about the memory of a hero. And so my cousin had served in the Navy and his folded flag is up there and everything. And so I'm at a place of healing that I saw that charm and I instantly thought of my aunt who her son was her hero. Mm -hmm. Not to me, very different perspective, but um, so it's just always, you know, facing my past and without getting complete resolution through his death it's it's always still a work in progress there right but that was great and then my oldest son turned 21 on the 29th of july and so i was able to spend some time with him and his future wifey is what he calls her amazing amazing young lady and their church family and then we had lunch and his father was there and we've seen each other in passing you know prom pictures homecoming pictures that you know, throughout high school. After that, might see him, you know, in passing. But I got to sit next to him and have a conversation. We were at Portillo's for almost four hours for lunch. And I was sitting next to him having conversation and talking about our, our child who was 21 and what all those years looked like. And um, actually got to have the conversation because he's he said something very vulnerable to me that I wasn't expecting. And it was, you know, Christina, I have... I always loved you and I just wanted the best for you. And I think I pushed you too hard. And I think I pushed you away from me. And that set me back on my heels. I was like, wow, you know, that that's a profound moment. Mm-hmm. And so I let him know that, you know, Joey, I know you always loved me. I know this. And um, I know you always wanted the best for me, but I was a very broken individual. I had just finished the cycle of abuse on and off over the last five years, you know, of molestation and rape. And then I'm, I'm in this relationship of seven years moving forward with him and not once facing the abuse that I had Mm -hmm. sustained. And so we were able to discuss that and, um, how it affected our circumstances when we were together. And, um, 
it was just, it was God. It was mind blowing that we were able to come together 21 years into knowing each other, you know, more than 21 years of knowing each other and have that very deep, vulnerable conversation that normally I don't have outside of recovery. Right. And so I was impressed with his, his heart and where he was at and God's softening of him so he could be transparent with me. Yeah. When, when I heard you were going to Arizona, I knew you were doing the origami owl thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. I had no idea that there would be so much <laughs> cool stuff. That makes two of us. <laughs> coming out of it. It's just like, it was amazing. Uh, you yeah. know, and to, to see, and, and that's the thing that I, I grasped onto for this was that that's the mess is, is our past yeah. and those relationships Yeah. and to be able to turn it into a message for him, for your son's dad. And I don't know, did, did your son get to hear anything about that? Or He did not. Yeah. He did not. It was, it was just a, a moment. It's like nobody was there. I was t- talking to my son and his girlfriend and explaining the conversation. They're like, you had that right at the table? It's like, well, yeah. It's just yeah. kind of how it came up. One thing that I thought of as you were speaking just now was when I went, when I scheduled this trip to Arizona, I expected to do workshops and the origami owl event and go and, you know, get refueled in my business so that I could relaunch and start forward and do all of that stuff. And when I found out Aiden was diagnosed with leukemia, my plan changed Mm -hmm. and I made it about family and said, I'm going to take this opportunity to do as much with family as I can while I'm there. So I only went to the main stage sessions for the convention. Um, and then every other moment I poured in to my family. And so I walked in with one plan. God had a completely (laughs) different plan. And I'm glad that I was aware enough of God softening and redirecting of my priorities that I could experience all the beautiful things that God had planned for me. Yeah. God's got so much good stuff that is just... It's crazy. uh, I spend an immense amount of time in my life ignoring the cool stuff that God has for me. He just waits patiently. Yeah. You know, he just like, I remember back uh, in the old days before everyone had an answering machine, you just sit there and let the phone ring until the person got home and then they'd pick up. It's like, yeah, been letting it ring for an hour, but hi. That's crazy. Yeah. And God's just no answering machine. He's just waiting for it to pick up. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening. If you've got comments that you want to send to the show, you can email info at messituppodcast.com. Or if you want to get a hold of the lovely and talented Christina. Biker chick at messituppodcast.com. And I would be bowtie guy at messituppodcast.com. We live on the social medias at uh, the Instagrams, the uh, Twitters, the, the, what's the other one? Facebooks. Facebook. Uh, we do. Um, so we're all there. Uh, if you miss something on the show, you can check the show notes at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to use that um, word of the week for bonus points during the week. Keep track yeah. of your own bonus points and um, you'll get to cash them in and have not talked to God about that. Um, otherwise, I think we're done here. We are. All right. We'll, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info 
at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.